The Bike Karma Bicycle Stories podcast is brought to you with support from The Frame and Wheel, helping you turn your cycling items into cash without the hassle. And AD Bikes, the modern face of Ostra Daimler bicycles. Become bike, become AD Bikes. Episode 62. Hello and welcome to the Bike Karma Bicycle and Cycling Stories podcast. I'm your host, Tom Brown. If you're here, it's because you've smiled and it's been about a bicycle. At some point in your life, whether you ride every day or whether you haven't ridden in years, the stories that are made and the humanity that we share through the smiles that we get through a bicycle are what this show is all about. It doesn't matter if you collect, ride, or wrench. It doesn't matter if you're a novice or an expert. The universe has brought you here to hear some bicycle stories. This time we talk to the founder of the Bicycle Film Festival, we talk about whether you should hammer or shred, and we also stare together over the cliff of freedom. You have tons of different podcasts that you could be listening to, and I really appreciate you coming along with me for the ride on this one. So get comfy, let's roll out. at people and say, there but for the grace of God go I. You can also look at people and say, gosh, I wish I had it together as well as they do. Neither one of those two perspectives really ever leads to anything positive. But recognizing something in others that's the same as is in you, that's wicked powerful. Our next guest took a really negative incident and used it as an opportunity to start trying to bring people together to see cyclists as fellow human beings. Hi, my name is Brent Barber. I live in New York City. I'm the founding director of Bicycle Film Festival, which I've been doing for over 20 years all around the world. Many years ago, about 21 years ago, I would say year 2000, late 1999 or 2000. First off, I want to say I've been riding my bike my whole life. I'm from the United States and I'm one of these people who was passionate about BMX and then as I got older I got into road cycling. I even, I saw this really great film with my uncle in the cinema called Breaking Away that really left a big impression on me. And I'm easing myself by saying this, but when I was in high school, an American won the Tour de France for the first time. And this captured my imagination and someday I wanted to go see the Tour de France and I wanted to know this man, Greg LeMond. And it was really scarce. The information for me, the information about him was very scarce. I always romanticized cycling and all this. I really had a passion for all these different forms. When I was really young, one of my first roommates after I moved out from my parents was a bike messenger. So I learned the community around cycling, all these different communities, the mountain biking, the road cycling, BMX, and messenger culture within the city. So I was always riding, but I never was quite a part of those communities in a way that I wasn't a competitive cyclist, I wasn't a bike messenger, but I just loved riding my bike and I felt that it was the best way to get around. So as I do, I was riding, I was actually helping, um, this is interesting, I knew a guru, his name was Swami Satchidananda. 
I wasn't a devotee, but I was really into yoga, and I knew him, and I knew him from San Francisco. I wasn't friends necessarily with him, but I think that the people who were around him, his assistant and his, the people who helped him, and he was an elderly man, asked me if I could, you know, help them out and run an errand for them because they needed someone to get something for them, for him on the Upper East Side of New York from downtown. So I, it was a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Often I'm really focused and I often take it, I feel that I'm a pretty strong writer, especially 20 years ago, and I take a whole lane. This day was just really beautiful. It was kind of riding a little bit slower than I normally do, a little very casual. I saw a door from a van open, and then I was going to move out, and I had just passed a bus, and then the door shut. And so I went towards closer to the, the van and towards the cars. I was about two car lengths behind that van when I saw that happen. And then as I came across the van, the door opened again, knocked me out into the way of the oncoming bus. Obviously, that was a pretty tragic experience. I was knocked out. I was in the middle of the street, and I just never forget. I came to, and I started doing inventory, trying to figure out where I was, what happened, and I started doing inventory of my body. And all my limbs are there. And then I look up, and there's a man standing over me, yelling at me, a businessman in a suit and tie on this really hot, beautiful day in New York City. And uh, he's yelling at me, get the F out of the road, crazy man. What are you doing? <laughs> and I said, please, I, could, I went to speak, and it really, my, my voice wasn't there. And I felt that I might have broke my neck. And so I said, please, you know, with this, like, faint voice, please help me, please help me, <laughs> and no one helped me, there was a crowd of at least 30, 50 people, this is going towards Midtown, New York, it's like so dense, New York streets on a beautiful day in the summer are really full of people, so that, you know, I have an audience, and I had to crawl by myself, thinking I had a broken neck, and I thought that I shouldn't move, I thought I was going to get hit by another vehicle so I crawled to the gutter and I was lying in the gutter and no one said anything to me until the paramedics arrived and the paramedics said I think you've broken your neck don't move and they put me you know they put this big neck brace on and they put me in a in the ambulance the police arrived I, I knew as much that you should get a police report in the United States you should always get a police report no matter where you're at just so you can take care of business when you need to. The police were reluctant to, and I asked the paramedics, please get them to do a police report. I was taken to the emergency room. Luckily, I didn't. I went through all the tests, all the x-rays, all the other tests that you need to take. There for a few hours late that night, they let me out. I've broken a couple of bones here and there, and sprains can be quite painful. And I sprained so many different parts of my body, and I had fractured my jaw. But I was all right. And I had six months of rehabilitation. In that six months, I thought, oh, my gosh, I got to do something about this. And part of the reason I want to do something about this because after that, you know, as we do, I shared that story with people, maybe a little bit more condensed. <laughs> but I was hit by a bus, riding my bike. And many people said, were you wearing a helmet? Oh, you weren't wearing a helmet? Well, that's your fault. Or who rides in New York City? 
that is crazy. That is stupid. There was no empathy. You know, like, of course, some of my close friends were empathetic. But uh, there was, it was really surprising because I had been, I had gone through the windshield in a car crash on the Bay Bridge going from Oakland to San Francisco. And I was picked up by an ambulance. And people had heard about this. And that was fine, too. I just had amnesia, which is a really funny story in itself. I have received gifts from people. I heard that you were in a crash. Hope you're well. So on. <laughs> Nothing like that with this bike crash. And so I thought, what's the difference? What's going on here? I just think that these people don't understand how wonderful cycling is. We should be celebrating cycling. Why, why aren't more people celebrating? I think what I'm doing is good. I'm not doing it because I'm an environmentalist. I do it because I think it's the best way to get around. But why, why aren't these people seen? These people claim to be environmentalists. These people claim to be open-minded. These people claim to be into health. Why, why don't they see that this is something that's really cool that I'm doing, actually? Why it's something maybe even important? So I thought, you know what, I want to share something with my immediate community or community, which is, you know, I was really into film and art. And, of course, I, I had touched on cycling. I had volunteered at different organizations. I had been to Critical Mass. I had new bike messengers. But I thought, wow, I really want to show people how beautiful cycling is. I want to share the stories that I know about cycling in all its different forms. Maybe I could touch them and maybe they would get into cycling. I'm just going to do this for one year. And I had this idea to show films. And I started talking to people and there's this really great man, Jonas Makis. At that time, he was in his 70s. He's a legendary figure in New York and the world of avant-garde and independent film. You know, he's known for the first people that John Lennon and Yoko Ono called when they moved to New York City was Jonas. You know, he introduced Lou Reed to Andy Warhol, apparently. He was really connected, really enthusiastic about this project, and he helped me start the festival. And he also had a cinema. And so it grew from there. We had art exhibitions. People wanted to be a part of it. I can do a painting. I can't do a movie. I'm normally a filmmaker, but I can do a painting. Um, or let's do a bike ride. I'll do a bike ride. So people just jumped on board. And at that time, I would say it was kind of like the downtown New York scene of artists, filmmakers. There wasn't enough cyclists that would go out to a thing like this at the time to fill up the cinema, which we did. We had sold out shows to my shock and surprise. The New Yorker even did a little cartoon, an illustration. That was pretty awesome. So we had national press. And I thought, wow. And we sold out shows. We showed A Sunday in Hell was the first film we ever showed. It sold out. Um, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And since then, I've been doing Bicycle Film Festival for over 20 years. And we've gone all around the world. We've shown uh, films about all types of cycling, mountain biking, road cycling, commuting, you know, beauty of cycling, all its different forms, all different human stories, people racing through the streets, whatever it may be. And we've had eight filmmakers win Oscars at the festival, not at the festival, but later on in their careers. We have some of the most important artists exhibit in our art exhibitions. We've had art exhibitions at major museums. We've had the festival at the Sydney Opera House, and we've done events at old warehouses in Brooklyn. So we've been to 100 cities from Moscow, Istanbul, Milan, Cape Town, South Africa, Buenos Aires, Mexico City, Shanghai. It's been it's been a nice, nice time. It's been really good. I've traveled about seven months of the year all around the world, sharing this passion, this love, these stories with people. And uh, I'm kind of the luckiest guy that ever got hit by a bus.
artistic show you decline it i was invited here in new york city to uh, a big kind of like vip film red carpet event and i was a vip guest to this and i parked my bike right in front <laughs> and the security the door people did not like that i showed up they didn't first off they didn't think i even belonged there so they they just put their finger out and pointed to the back of the line as if i was trying to get in and then the the PR person came out, saw me, and said, "What are you doing back here?" <laughs> so I, they invited me in. So I, I've seen, I've seen a lot. One of the most fun and funniest films at Bicycle Film Festival in its history is On Time by Ari Todd, and this film was made in the 1980s, so before the Bicycle Film Festival existed. And he actually submitted this film as a film, 16 millimeters. So I had to watch it like that. It just gives people some context to how long it goes. This film was submitted the first year. I'm not going to tell you the whole story of this film, but we only played it later because it was a little bit sensitive because some of the joke of the film is a building blowing up and September 11th had happened. So I didn't feel like it, it was like appropriate at the time, even though the film was amazing. So. Actually, maybe I shouldn't tell that because that's not very fun or funny. But anyhow, what was fun and funny about that film was that Minneapolis, we saw that film the first year, and I discovered that a bike messenger company in Minneapolis is called On Time. And people loved that. And so, and that was known within the community of cyclists. And they would sing along. The film has a soundtrack that's original score that has this jingle with these 80s keyboards and you'd be like on time on time so the whole crowd of 500 600 whoever like big sold out crowds would be cheering this and singing along or shouting along on time on time and that was a lot of fun and super funny and we would play that every year <laughs> people would go just for that experience so that, that, yeah, that was a lot. On time is a lot of fun. So if people want to find out more or if they want to go watch the film festival, where would they go? We have a website, bicyclefilmfestival.com. You know, if people want to keep in touch, I guess Instagram, we're most active on, at Bicycle Film Festival on Instagram, as well as TikTok, at Bicycle Film Festival, I believe, on TikTok, and then Twitter, at BFF World. Yeah, I mean, also people can email us, uh, <laughs> you know, we are doing, uh, we are hosting virtual festivals and physical festivals all around the world. The last, just last year, we posted 65 events and we're, we're doing more and more all the time. So we're very grateful to all the million of people who have come to the festival for the last 20 years and, uh, we'll see you about 20 more years to see what, what happens. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I really had a lot of fun. Thank you. On time. On time. One listener of our show, Lucky Bat, had a couple of suggestions. One was in between episodes of Bike Karma, listening to the Halfway Home Bicycle Podcast. It's a great show. You should check it out. And they also wanted to do shout outs to bicycle co-ops. And the ones that they wanted to give a shout out to were the Rag and Bone in Richmond, Virginia, and the Bicycle Oven in LA. And that got me thinking of my very own bicycle community bicycle shop, which is BC Co. down in Hartford. And so I texted my friend Tony and somehow tricked him into doing the ABC Quick Check for this episode. This ABC Quick Check is not a commercial, it's a PSA. 
It's a public service announcement. I think it was either Tony or Chris Brown who taught it to me the first time I ever heard it. So long before I became a League of American Bicyclists LCI, League Cycling Instructor, there was all kind of trainings that we had to go through. The first time I heard it, I was like, God, that sounds like overkill. Really, every time you want me to check all those things? But since then, with that in my mind, I think it saved me uh, at least five times. Once, even just checking my through axle, I had a new fat bike and my through axle had come loose and had I just ridden off, I would have at the very least have caused some damage to, to the bike, if not myself. It really does take longer to say this whole thing out than it does to actually check it. So no matter how old you are, how wizened a cyclist you are, here comes Tony with the ABC Quick Check. Hey friends, this is Tony C from BC Co in Hartford. First, I want to thank Tom for all the great Bike Karma content. Then, I know a lot of folks are pulling bikes out to ride and enjoy the spring weather. This is the season. Before riding out in the traffic or dropping into the trails, you really need to do the ABC Quick Check. Not just for that first ride of the season, but every time before you ride. Every time. A, that's air. Air in your tires, check the tire pressure, pinch the tires, use the tire gauge. Make sure that your tires are within the range that's marked on the side of the tire, either with a separate gauge or the gauge on your bike pump. B, that's for brakes. Squeeze them through the brake levers bottom out on the handlebars. Does the bike stop if you're trying to push the bike forward while grabbing the brake levers? Brakes are wicked important. C. Chains, is it lubricated? Is your chain on the chain rings? You can have a buddy lift up the rear of the bike while you spin the pedals and make sure that the chain is spinning freely. Quick, that's for your quick release levers. Or if you have bolted wheels for the wheel nuts. Are they closed tight? Are the wheel nuts torqued tight? If you don't know how to use your quick release levers, have somebody at a bike shop or a Visico or an experienced biking friend show you. You don't want your bike wheels to come off during your ride. Check. That is the final check. Bounce the bike. Is there anything loose or clanging? Anything that needs to be tightened? Take the bike for a quick spin around the driveway or the parking lot. Shift the gears. Hit the brakes again. This is where you want to find any issues before you're out there dancing with cars or dodging trees. Remember, it's the A, B, C, quick check every time you ride. If you find something you don't know how to fix, you can bring it to BCCO and the do-it-yourself repair hours. We've got several of those during the week. Right now, it's Wednesday evenings and Saturday afternoons. We can also, at BCCO, diagnose your bike, give you a quote for the tune-up or repair, and we'll do it for you. So there are a lot of options. Don't go out there with an unsafe bike. Remember, ABC Quick Check every time you ride. And if you have any questions, stop by BCCO. We're always happy to chat. Website's www.bicico.org. And our phone number is 860 0004. That's Bicico, Bicicletas y Comunidad at 97 Park Street in Hartford. Ride safe, y'all. Do you have a mantra? Some little statement that helps you get through things? A perfectionist might have one that says something like, close enough for government work, or perfect is the enemy of done. 
There's a few different definitions of mantra floating around, but in general, one means like a statement or slogan that you repeat a lot. So that's very general. But then there's another way of looking at mantras where they're a statement that helps you to meditate, contemplate, and be present. It's a statement that helps keep you in the zone that you want to be in. And there are plenty of mantras in cycling. And not just from the roadies. I mean, you've probably heard of shut up legs, the one where you tell your legs over and over again to stop complaining. But there's others like ride it like you stole it. After all the stories about bicycle theft on the show, I'm not a huge fan of that one. Some are more humorous and spiritual, like I ride for donuts, I ride for tacos. One's a play on Dory from Finding Nemo. Just keep spinning, just keep spinning. What do we do? We spin, we spin. Others are deeper, like ride your ride, meaning you should be riding for no nobody but yourself. Sometimes it's a simple word like attack or stay frosty. And sometimes they're just purely about keeping your physical intensity up. Like leave it all on the trail. And sometimes they just come totally out of left field. There's an Instagram feed I follow called the Bicycle Society. And for a while they would post a bunch of different things. And one of the things would be don't hammer shred instead with a cute logo based on a little bit like the Pink Floyd from the wall, you know, where the hammers were bad. And over time, I noticed that this person got deep into it. We did a sticker swap. I kind of liked the logo that they had, but I was still a little bit like, okay, don't hammer shit instead. I guess I get it a little bit, but I, I didn't really get it at the time. But then month after month, this account got almost cult-like in their affirmations of shredding over hammering and there were very few pictures of bikes even it was just these bizarre spiritual pictures with good shredding and bad hammering and then every day there'd be a new meme and there'd be one person who was hammering and they'd be extremely sad or miserable or, or unhappy or unenlightened and then there'd be somebody shredding and there'd be rainbows flying out of their head and i realized i have no idea what this guy had been talking about all this time I realized that I really did not know what was going on. So he kind of works with my brother-in-law off and on, and we would interact online and whatnot. So I could have just kept liking occasionally and, and smiling and nodding. But being the only child I am, I eventually said, hey, can we talk about this? Because I don't think I know what this means. And I thought I did, but I don't. So directly from the Bicycle Society, why we should shred and not hammer. Don't hammer, shred instead. Yeah, mine's like literally a mantra. It actually is a mantra. An actual mantra, yeah. Yeah. Hello, I'm Bill from the Bike Society, and our mantra here at this Bike Society is don't hammer, shred instead. Hammering is that thing when you're riding a hard ride with someone and you're feeling sort of at this low point and the person next to you who's feeling much better than you gives you this advice of just hammer it out and you're not you're usually not in a position to just hammer it out and you think to yourself okay I'll just hammer this out and it's sort of a I don't it feels like a, you've been defeated to me like okay you're done with this ride all you the only thing you have left is to hammer this ride out Let's just, just do what you got to do to finish this ride. Get in, get in my draft and hammer this out. And it didn't feel right to me. I'd be on a ride and I'd, someone would tell me to hammer this ride out. And I'd look around and I'd say, well, what about that road over there? Like, that looks much nicer than the road we're on. Why don't we make this ride a little bit better instead of just trying to hammer it out? So 
I knew that I wasn't into hammering. You know, I ride mountain bikes too, so, you know, hammering is often associated with road bikes and this, you know, this go fast, finish the ride, focus on the end point. But I was also riding mountain bikes and there was a much different vibe and it was like, you know, shred this. I shredded that. Let's shred these jumps. Let's shred these, these whatever they are, these obstacles, these turns, these berms, these things. And they just, they seemed very different to me and they seemed like two different things. And I really wanted to kind of use those as a way to talk about sort of different cycling and get those involved with each other. Why am I on a road bike? Am I not allowed to shred? Why am I when I'm doing, why don't I just shred these road rides? I control this ride. I'm going to shred this ride. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> Which one's more fun, hammering or shredding? Shredding is more fun. Hammering is more like a job. You know, like we were we were mountain biking. We'd come back and be like, I shredded. And then instead it sounded funny. Shred instead. So what am I shredding instead of? You're shredding instead of hammering, obviously. You know, it, it didn't make a ton of sense, but that was the idea. You have at least, I don't know, I'm thinking hundreds of different versions of don't hammer, shred instead. What is the calling? It's almost cult-like. Cycling is like the closest I've ever gotten to feeling religious or spiritual. It felt like some sort of experience I was having, some otherly experience I was having while riding and that, that whatever it was, that joy, that exhaustion, whatever that feeling was, something was happening that was nothing like I'd experienced and that, that felt like religion to me. And I started looking at the New Age religions and other ways that people were talking about spirituality. And I started finding these sort of spiritual memes that I thought would were very applicable to, to the hammering and shredding. Shredding is about being present and in the moment. That's like a Ram Dass line there. <laughs> I love Ram Dass. We then talked for a while about Alan Watts and Ram Dass and all kinds of other stuff. And eventually we figured out that we were pretty much on the same page with shredding. Although I probably still need to hammer sometimes to get up some of the big hills, but just sometimes. So yeah. where would people go if they want to find out more? Yes, head to Instagram, at Bicycle Society, learn more about hammering versus shredding, learn how to stay in the shred and keep yourself there. All right, thank you so much. Take care. All right, see you. Good luck, thanks. Now it's time for Gratitudes at the Midroll. When I started this little show several years back, I didn't know really what to expect. I had a bunch of stories and I liked people who I talked to about bicycles and I wasn't sure whether I should write a book or do a podcast or whatnot, but I felt like these stories needed to get out there and maybe they'd do some good somewhere. And since then, I am extremely grateful that people in all 50 states and over 90 countries have downloaded these stories over 100,000 times. Isn't that crazy? But the point after all is just to recognize our common humanity. And the touch point for us listening to the show is bicycles. And I appreciate everybody who shared stories, supported the show in various ways. 
So for helping to support the show by writing a nice review, I would like to thank Hillsboro Bill. Thank you very much for the nice review on iTunes slash whatever Apple is calling it these days. Uh, Nemo, the UPS man, thank you very much for the review. And Ikiodi 10 thank you very much for the review. For following on Podbean, I'd like to thank Bronislava Kozdalova. Thank you very much and sorry about my pronunciation. Julian Ranickles. Thank you very much for following on Podbean. Purple Steph 2008. That was easy. Thanks. And Griff Vuk. I totally butchered that, but I do appreciate you following on Podbean. There are so many different ways you can help a show like mine to get ahead. One is to leave nice reviews here and there, to share on social media, to follow. Another big shout out to all my Patreons. Thank you very much for supporting the show and allowing me to send stickers around the world. Free for anybody who asks. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help to support the show through Patreon. So just go to Patreon and search up Bike Karma and then choose your amount and you can stop at any time. But basically those folks help to pay for free stickers and you know I'm like Michael Scott with gift baskets when it comes to free stickers. I believe that it's an honest way to market yourself and to spread the word around. If you would like free stickers, just DM me or email me at bikekarmaguy at gmail.com and I will send you a selection of free stickers. You could specify whether you'd like them with animal themes or without animal themes. If you have a store, I can send you a big one for the window. If you have a bike, I can send you a little one for the bike tubes. And then when your friends say, what is that sticker? You could say, hey, that's a show I listen to. It's all about bicycles and joy and humanity. And ideally they would say, oh, I should check that out. And that's how it works. So thank you to everybody who shared, asked for stickers, put stickers up responsibly around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And on behalf of the people who share stories with me, they appreciate it as well because everybody likes to throw their stories out into the ether and hopefully they'll stick somewhere and, you know, influence somebody or make somebody smile or something. And that's what it's all about. So you know what's coming next. Fred Thomas at the Frame and Wheel. He'll help you to sell your used bicycles, accessories, and parts, and do all the hard work so you don't have to. But this week, Fred's got several little businesses. He just loves bikes. He's a nice guy. Go check him out. He loves bikes. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got several little bike businesses, and one of which he used to race AD bikes when they were owned by a global corporation. and. He bought AD bikes and he is now the face of Austro Daimler bikes. So here's a word from Fred Thomas about that. Hi, Tom. Hi there, Bike Karma podcast listeners. It's Fred Thomas here, and I'm very pleased to say that AD Bikes is partnering with the Kelly Benefit Strategies Elite Cycling Team for the 2022 road season. This means that the KBS Elite Team will be out riding and racing the Ultima Carbon Disc Limited Graz all over the country. Well, who are these guys? The Kelly Benefit Strategies Elite Team is a USA Cycling domestic elite team with a strong U23 and junior development program for men and women, and they are supported by the Lateral Stress Velo Bicycle Club, which is one of the largest bike clubs in the Mid-Atlantic region. The team and the club have the backing of Kelly Benefits, which is one of the largest employee benefit administrators in the country with a long tradition of supporting cycling organizations. And you, the Bike Karma listener, through your support of this great podcast, have helped make all of this happen. 
and you are therefore eligible for a 10% discount on an Ultima Carbon Disc Limited Graz frame set. Now this is a road racing frame set that features full carbon tube-to-tube -tube construction, through axle dropouts, flat mount disc brakes, 28mm tire clearance, dual DI2 mechanical shifting, BB86 bottom bracket, the American Hustle font, the iconic AD logo on the down tube, and the distinctive Graz rose silver finish. So please visit the AD Bike Shopify store and type in Bike Karma 2022 at checkout to obtain your 10% discount. And thank you for listening to this great podcast and become bike, become AD Bike. Thanks. Check out Fred at the Frame and Wheel and also at AD Bikes. Now back to the show. So just gonna go ahead and put this out there. There's this feeling, and maybe it's best to start with a swimming analogy. When you're swimming and you're a little kid and you're walking and your toes can touch the bottom, there's a type of safety in that. And then there's this very first time where you feel your toes not touch the bottom. As you continue, they get further and further away from the bottom and there's this dreadful anxiety mixed with excitement and i'm not going to classify it as good or bad because it's just it's both and i think this is just a human thing that happens with us maybe or maybe just me but maybe with us a little while ago i got reminded of that feeling on the bicycle now it's not about riding big bike or touching your toes to the ground it has nothing to do with depth of water but I'll be damned if it isn't exactly the same feeling. It's the feeling that there's no bottom underneath you anymore. It's that feeling where you realize that you can just keep pedaling. You could turn around, you could go left, you could go right, you could keep going straight. For many of us, it was just that realization, that profound eureka moment where you realize that you get this huge chunk of freedom when you start cycling around on a bike. And for so many of us, it happens on the bicycle because the bicycle is the first thing that gets us away from our homes, that gets us away from our comfort zones. I remember feeling it when I was a little kid and I was on my way to my grandmother's house. It was the first time I had gone there not in a car. And for just one moment, I realized that I could go in any direction I wanted. I mean, really, in our daily life, in our daily jobs, do we ever feel like that type of freedom? And it wasn't just as a kid. Occasionally when I've been on tour, I get to like an intersection and I'm like blown away by the possibilities of just life at that moment. And you may argue, I mean, you may say that it's not the same feeling as swimming in water over your head, but to me it is. And I was reminded of this a little while ago when I was leaving to go for a bike ride and I didn't think my son was coming along. And so I took off and then turns out that he was just five minutes behind me. 
Later when I got home, he had left me all these voice messages as he tried to figure out where I was and where he was going and what was going on. And that totally reminded me of this feeling that I'm talking about. He's going to sound really young here, but his voice has gone down like 20 octaves since this, and he's traveled across the country by himself since then too. He's a teen, and he's letting me use his voicemails on my podcast. Anybody who's a parent of teens knows how big a deal that is. I very much love and appreciate him. Thank you, Taryn. So I'm just going to play these phone messages for you and see if you can connect with that feeling that I was talking about. That feeling of just suddenly having all these limits and all these restrictions removed and being able to appreciate it for just a little bit. Hey, Dad. I followed you. And I don't know where you were. I see four big orange trucks, if that helps. I'm near Willard. I see Willard. I just came off of a street. I don't know where I am. There's that place. I'm near Willard now. Thank you. Call me back soon. Check in. Try to call you in a second. Bye. Hopefully I find you. Okay, so I found some crazy flowers. There's a Christmas wreath and a window. I'm on Park Avenue. Don't know what that is. Okay. I'm going to try to find Notch Street. I think I've reached the highway. Turning around. Let's check in in a sec. I think I found Notch Street. I went to the correct school. Some evergreen tree place. Now I'm back. I, I'm at like that place with the house with the decorations. So I think we're good. I don't know where you are still. That's a problem. I think I'm just gonna wait on that street for your car to come back. Maybe you'll pick me up or something. Bye. Hey Dad. So I'm at Charles, right? I don't know where you went. I'm not sure if you have your phone or not. I feel like at this point you would already be at Ferrari. So that's where I'm heading next. Hopefully answer your phone. Pick up next time I call you. See your voice now. Be good. Alright, bye. See where this takes me. Can't turn this freaking light off, dude. Bye. Hey. It's getting kind of dark. <laughs> I just can't find you, man. I looked everywhere. I went down every back road. Um, I don't know if I should keep looking. I just go home. That was a police call. They're out to get me. Whew. Yep. Um, I'm looking for a sign. And maybe I should just go home. Or keep looking. But we're starting occur to me you don't have your phone I'm probably gonna go home but then what if you're looking for me I think you would know I would go home alright that's what I'm doing I'm looking no I'm going home yep alright hopefully you're home wait for the call and you call me back 
the ceiling for actually like Marisa Mariano. Out here when you call me. Okay. I've been watching Not Street for a while. No white truck is going with it. Alright. I'm gonna go back. Later. Uh oh. We're good. Alright, bye. Thanks for coming along for the ride on another episode of the Bike Karma Bicycle Stories podcast. I'd like to thank our guests from the Bicycle Film Festival and from the Bicycle Society and Taryn. And as always, would like to thank Keller Glass and the band Mobjack for our opening and closing theme music, which is used with permission. You can check them out at mobjackmusic.com or search up Keller Glass. You'll be glad you did. All the other music in the show is royalty-free, and I appreciate those musicians as well. If you have any comments about the show, have any ideas for stories, want some free stickers, maybe have a sponsorship idea, perhaps you could get me that Oprah interview I've been waiting for for oh so long. You can contact me at bikekarmaguy at gmail.com. That's bikekarmaguy at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help out the show for free, you can just follow us on any platform from Audible to iTunes to YouTube to Instagram to Twitter. Please and thank you very much. With the exception of the music, the Bike Karma podcast is the intellectual property of Thomas Brown. All rights, including copyrights, trademarks, and all of that are asserted and reserved. There are many interesting stories coming up in the pipeline. From fixing bicycles off of a narrowboat, to beloved Robin Williams and his collection of bicycles, to cycling through fire. If you are patiently waiting for your story to come up in the queue, I appreciate that. I try and put a little love into each episode, and I hope you'll enjoy yours when it comes out. For those of you who follow the show, you know that usually once a year there's a comedy episode that comes out around April. Last year was skipped because, you know... And this year, it's coming out, and hopefully we can make each other laugh. Till next time, keep it wheel. And